0: Welcome to It's Become a Whole Thing, a podcast that takes a highbrow look at the lowbrow trash we love. I'm your host Emily Rose and each week we'll tap into the cultural zeitgeist by looking at the best and worst moments of TV history because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Well hello and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast where we recap the best and worst moments in TV history. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and I just have to say hello to my sweet little trolls, my girls, gays, and theys, and the four straight men that listen to this podcast. (laughs) I once said that on my social media page, you know, hey to the girls, gays, and theys, and four straight men that are tuned in, and I think there was like maybe five or six dudes that chimed in and were like, hey, uh, I'm a straight dude, and I'm, uh, I'm on your page listening to your content, and to that I say, great. Love that. Um, Everyone is welcome here. Uh, How is everybody doing? How have your weeks been? How are you feeling? How are you going? I'm wondering if anyone else out there has had this experience where, do you ever have one of those moments where you have big stressors in your life that are very real? And so you choose to fixate instead on an arbitrary unimportant stressor almost like as a distraction i'll, I'll give you an example so it was uh last week it was one of the coldest weeks in the decade it, it in montreal it got down to minus 40 and for my american listeners that is where fahrenheit and celsius intersect. So it's the same for both minus fucking 40 degrees um like everything hurt to be outside my dog is like a he's like bred for the Arctic and he he was looking at me like what is going on and I started to think about Tika the Iggy so this is like this little miniature greyhound um it's this dog on TikTok it's like a tiny little greyhound it puts on little outfits and I know that that the person who runs that account lives in Montreal and I just I started to just fixate on Tika and I was like if my dog is cold and I can barely be outside what is Tika doing like what what will he do? Is he going to be okay? How is he going to be like let outside to pee? Like, what's what is happening with Tika the Iggy? And I, I just like I spent a couple of days like mildly concerned for this little miniature greyhound that I don't know. And then I remembered I have seen this dog uh, in Forbes <laughs> for how much it earns, or I guess the owners of its account earns. They're making bank off of this miniature greyhound like enough bank that they can afford to get like little heated booties they can create one of those paris hilton tiny mansions that she had for her dogs with like some sort of indoor plumbing situation like that dog is fine i need to worry about my own problems it's funny when you catch yourself displacing your stress onto random things and then remember get it together that dog is fine are you fine i don't know today is such a good episode it was so fun to record i have jenna from daycard pod on and as soon as i mentioned that i was going to be doing these recap episodes jenna texted me was like we have to do a shot at love with tequila and i was like oh my good god like it unearthed such memories of that show because i watched season one season two like all of it in real time on cable i guess yeah, this episode is, was so fun to record. I need to confess, you guys, I, I had this moment. It was such a combination of just being like so delusional and like a like little bit of a dumb bitch that I actually had this thought of like, oh my god, I'm so excited for a new episode of the pod to come out. I wonder when it's coming out. And I was like, and then I was like, you, you, this is your own podcast. It's coming out on Tuesday. Like you are making this happen. Like what, <laughs> what do you mean? When is a new episode coming out? I'll let the recap speak for itself. Um, I will just quickly mention because I don't think we really got into it too much on the pod, but Jenna um has a bachelor recap podcast, but also has a campaign going to get body diversity on The Bachelor. Um, it's gotten so much attention that um she's talking to some huge publications uh about getting it the word out there. So I will link all of that in the show notes. Uh Shout out to my podcast marketing department, Uh, my aunt Alona. She tells her Facebook, she tells the people in her life, (laughs) she listens to each and every episode multiple times to gain meaning from it, like it's some kind of profound philosophical text. So how cute is that, you guys? And that's about it. Oh my god. Uh, Okay, I do have to take a brief moment to say that I have a little book coming out. Some of you guys may know this, and I have a release date. It's coming out on April 25th of 2023. Um, It's a book of journal prompts. It's coming out with Simon & Schuster. I haven't talked about it a ton over here. I've talked about it a lot on the Patreon. Um, I haven't talked about it too much because I kind of feel like if I do, um, I will see Ashton Kutcher jump out in a trucker hat. Before me, and like, yeah, like, psych. Like, I really feel like I'm getting punked. Uh, I've been feeling that way since I heard from the publishers um, the whole time I was writing it. Um, now, talking to the marketing team, still feel like I'm getting like punked, pranked, whatever. Um, but the book is coming out. For those who don't know, it's a book, it's my little negativity journal. It's all about vending your frustrations in a really fun and silly way. It's the opposite of a gratitude journal. So, basically you know when you get to sit down with your favorite person that you just love to vent with and love to talk shit with you get a little bevy and you just get into it and you feel so much better after that is what the book is intended for that is its purpose I'm so proud of it and I have a pre-order link you want to get your thoughts out in a safe space to just shout into the void that will be in the show notes and so That's about it. And so, you know, if you are enjoying the show, hey, this show is a hot potato. Pass it. You got to pass it along. Pass it along to a friend who may enjoy. Or maybe it's a candle where the light that you light another candle with won't take away from your own light. This metaphor is messy, and nonsensical. We're just going to get right into the show. Uh if you're if you're enjoying things, hit me with a little five-star review over on Apple or on Spotify and as always, I've been telling you guys this, I'm going to keep saying it until someone takes me up on this. I will do the same for you at your work. If you are doing a customer service job in Duluth, Minnesota, I'll I'll write you a Google review. I'll write you a review. Giving you rave reviews for your service. You know, capitalism is a bitch and we gotta help each other out. So I will do that for you. Let me know. DM me on Instagram. Um, okay, that's that's enough. That's quite enough for today. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, and we're back with Jenna from Daycard Pod. Welcome back to the pod. Hello. <laughs> Hello. We have really we have been having a challenging week not talking to each other about life and this show we've had to we've had to pump the brakes like so many times of like just getting into the insanity that we've had just rewatching this mess (laughs) It's so nice to finally sit down. How how are you?
1: Exactly. Good. How I feel like a changed person after this week. Like just like a little backstory to y'all. Like I am a huge fan of the podcast. Congrats by the way on like the new format and all the good stuff. Well, con- love it for you well <laughs> congrats to you for texting
0: me with this amazing idea because you you had the idea for a tequila tequila and you're like exactly. you're like I don't know you could cover it I could come on. I'm like please like we need to do this yesterday <laughs>
1: <laughs> literally I was like Emily Rose like can I can can we can we watch the tequila can we uh talk about it like uh for listeners who may remember me I host a bitchy queer themed bachelor recap podcast and I was like I talk about how I want a queer version of The Bachelor so often and I I watched you know A Shot at Love back in the day as well and all that but it's like you know you just don't remember all of it and you're like I just want to get back into this so I was like this is the perfect opportunity for me to just like force this upon your listeners
0: Well, it's funny because when you say you want like a queer bachelor, I'm sure that your dream of a show is one where people are like, pretty respectful and pretty socially aware. But this literally was like the queer bachelor in a very literal sense where it's like, all the things that are fucked up about the bachelor are pretty much pretty much carry over to this. It was sort of like a queer after hours, slightly trashier bachelor
1: right and like honestly so much like it yeah so much like the bachelor like and if anyone watches or had watched bachelor pad this felt very bachelor pad but queer and bachelor pad is historically like a flaming pile of trash which is
0: exactly how i could describe this show um yeah i mean yeah you guys jenna's been on the show before but if you want to hear her hilarious recaps of the bachelor go over to Descartes pod it'll all be linked in the show notes but yeah it, it's it's a very natural segue into this hot mess of a show uh so jenna you mentioned that you had like either a story about this show or about like should we should we get into like our backstory basically before we get into the who what and where of this show Mm -hmm. i like to ask like what is your relationship to this show
1: yeah it's so funny so like 2007 is when it came out and i was a little bisexual who was in a marriage with an abusive man (laughs) (laughs) My high school sweetheart, who used my bisexuality as like his thing to just like use for like, you know, a turn on, you know, essentially. And and it was a dark time for little Jenna, who was just trying to live her life.
0: How old were you when you got married? How did I not know you were married? Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh my God. Um, No, I mean, no, no, it's
0: fast. I mean, it's probably not what you like lead with, you know, in everyday
1: conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do love it though. Yeah. I married my high school sweetheart in probably 2006, I believe. And we were together for like seven years. He was just like a trash human and was emotionally abusive. And how how old were you when you guys tied the knot? um, I was probably 25 okay yeah okay and then we divorced like a year later uh pro tip be stupid enough to not realize that you need to apply for a marriage license ahead of time so that when you actually get to your wedding day you don't actually have the paperwork because you're like dumb and young and then uh so you don't actually get legally binding marriage like married and then you just have a ceremony and so then when you divorce each other like a year later, you actually don't have to get divorced because you never really got married. That's just like a like a hot tip for
0: me. Hot tip for anyone who's about to enter into a fucked up marriage that you probably shouldn't. take mm-hmm. note.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So. <laughs> Love it. But we definitely watched this show and like the the triggers I had like rewatching this was so funny because I was just like, oh my God the way that we had viewed bisexuality through these like lenses is so wild and like how I was like in a relationship who very much like the guys seemed so much like my ex-husband were just like they would be like ah I mean I don't have a problem with this this is like the guy's dream and <laughs> don't worry she's gonna really want the dick at the end it's like Ugh,
0: uh. <laughs> Yeah and that was like some of the lighter like less problematic things said on this show honestly like I said and done which we will we will get into. So
1: good yeah. How was your relationship
0: with it? I was just starting university and yeah I think it was just it was uh it was a good old time. I mean, it was just like a drop in the ocean of all the trash that I watched mm-hmm. then, similar to how I watch now. If anything, I've stayed consistent. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and and I guess, yeah, I definitely didn't view it through any sort of lens of how we view it today. But I, I, I've talked about this a lot on the show where I really grew up very much in a little bubble and I didn't realize what the outside world was like. Because in Montreal, like, I, I really thought like, I thought that homophobia existed in movies. I thought, it, mm. okay, I thought it was this is so this is so very close-minded. But I I thought homophobia existed in the U.S. and movies only, oh. because I just had never encountered mm-hmm. it in my personal life, and it was like a very cool thing in my high school. Like it was just I don't know. It was just a very atypical experience. For let's say I graduated high school in 2006, so like now I'm sure that's common enough in a lot of places mm-hmm. a lot of high school mm-hmm. and elementary schools you know but at the time it really wasn't um I learned wow. once I yeah once I ventured out of my little my little Montreal bubble but yeah loved the show uh at the time I watched I watched a shot at love a shot at Lo- a shot of a shot at love two and then I watched the yeah. spin-off with the twins I don't know if you ever saw that mm. one <laughs> There were like bisexual twins <laughs> any like any trashy off like vh1 knockoff type of show like celebrity rehab type of level uh i yeah seen. so yes i saw it all <laughs> and i'm revisiting it yeah i i i was like i had to pause like constantly and i was just taking notes and also just had to take it all take it all in <laughs> it
1: was Uh, it was very like I was so excited to watch, and then within like thirty minutes, I was like, "Oh God, this is like not at all how I remember feeling watching this." Well,
0: well, it's like it's like very similar to The Bachelor, where you have to watch most of it with like your hands covering your eyes and just like peeking out from beneath, like your horrified look. You have to like you have to like hide and then look back, and you're like, "My, is this still happening?" Like that's it was a very similar feeling to current bachelor so that was an interesting through line um okay so we're we're gonna get into like just the who who to who teal tequila was before we are for everyone who's like kept up with her we're gonna cover that in the where are they now don't you worry uh don't worry (laughs) because that's a whole (laughs) that became a whole thing in the Ooh, um, and we're like... laughing
1: out of nervousness oh not yeah out of no, it no being
0: funny yeah yeah we're oh, laughing no. out of like out of like what the literal fuck is going on um but before that I want to go back in time to when the show debuted in October 7th 2007 uh, a couple of key historical events of that week were Miley Cyrus began her best of both worlds tour <laughs> um JK Rowling announced Dumbledore is gay screaming <laughs> me too
1: When I saw that I was like <laughs> wow like, truly just like gay rights slay slay slay
0: Yeah that was when JK Rowling was still slaying and like maybe saying a little too much like I think she kept coming out with information about the the books and everyone's like you don't it's okay I don't think we need these add-ons after (laughs) um she's like this character was Jewish and this character was like this and we're like it's just stop just and then she and then little did we know she was gonna like really fucking similar tequila to similar to tequila go off the rails completely. Um, but this was when yeah, she was completely. still this was when she was just hopping on her Twitter and just adding in random details about the books. Um and Beyonce released her own branded phone, the B phone with Samsung. And that was just maybe not a super uh major historical moment, but I just I love like thinking that there was a universe that we lived in where Beyonce was doing Samsung collabs. <laughs> with a little (laughs) samsung flip phone i'm 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 probably gonna post a photo of her in that on the red carpet sadly holding her little samsung phone (laughs)
1: and and did did it have snake on it because like that's all i wanted in 2007 was to play snake
0: oh i was trying to be in 2007 um i was trying to be a a pick me girl or like i was or like i was like but i was like I reject, I reject like technology and I reject anything mainstream and I don't need a phone. And then I, then I just, my social life dwindled out because people were like, I don't want to, I don't call your home phone. Like, I don't want to call you, like, I have your parents pick up. Like we're, we're like 17, 18. So yeah, at that point I didn't have any phone I coveted, um, until I had to, but the, okay. The top billboard hits at the time. This is a, uh, this is also a lot to take it. Number one hit Crank That Soldier Boy by Soldier Boy Tell 'em, (laughs) Stronger by Kanye West, The Way I Are by Tim. Oh, God, The Way I Are by Timberland and Carrie Hilson, (laughs) Hey There Delilah by The Plain White Keep. Oh, God, and 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 Ayo Technology by 50 Cent and Justin Timberlake
1: god the trauma of my <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like to raise your listeners raise your hand if you were in an abusive relationship when that song came out just like everyone when- oh
0: my god I was actually I was in my I was yeah. in I was in my first and unfortunately not my last abusive relationship at that point which was really really set me up for success into my 20s it was a- oh oh boy yep yeah yep good times just I really started I I really started um at like basement uh lows and then I just slowly crawled my way up from there and now now we're doing good it only took like it only took me like close to 15 years
1: (laughs) uh yeah congrats yeah (laughs) good luck to the rest of us no it's like they it's just like that song is like such an epitome of like man like love bombing you, you know? like, oh my God, if I could just be like Delilah, you know, like if I am that, then oh, everything will be okay,
0: yeah, actually, the piece of shit boyfriend that I was dating at the time was someone who would write songs for me and sing them to me and and that was in of itself a traumatic experience. <laughs> like it's lent itself. I mean, I think regardless, I would probably just dislike like man plus guitar. Type of vibes mm-hmm. to this day, yeah. but like, but yeah, probably that—that's where it began. Uh, but yeah, I—I I could think of like, n- like no worse of a nightmare than someone like singing into my face, like <laughs> any, anything, anything oh they wrote for God. me did not. That's neither here nor there. Let's get into the show because
1: mm, mm, mm. because. Okay, so Much to before say. we get into it, let's just talk about how we viewed this because I got so many DMs from people being like, how did you watch this show? Because I want to watch it, right? And I also had that question. So like, apparently you're supposed to be able to download, the, you can buy the whole season on Prime, but it's no longer available in your area, according to <laughs> Amazon, and which is just like a hate crime, in my opinion. And so then- you could go to daily motion, which is what Emily told me. And I tried doing that for like the first two episodes and that was kind of working. And then it started buffering like a motherfucker and I couldn't handle it. So I went to YouTube. And so I just have to tell everyone my experience was just trying because YouTube there's guy, there's a guy that like downloaded all the episodes, but it's like, I don't know if anyone has ever tried to watch a show on YouTube illegally. It's like, they make it smaller than the real screen. It's like oh. half the screen is the show, and the other half is like a background, like video. And then they speed up the episode, so they sound. That's a how bit I like used to. That's monks. how I used to watch
0: all my America's Next Top Model back in the day. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and so I watched like probably a handful of episodes that way, and it was hell. I'm like, I don't recommend it.
0: Okay, it's funny because. I okay if anyone is ever like asking me how to watch a show like you can DM me and ask but you need to tell me what country you're in because I had right. assumed because so there's often things where it's like oh you can buy it on Amazon Prime but if you're in Canada you can't and it, or, it, like we don't have like Hulu we don't have a lot mm. of like stri- I don't know we we just mm. don't have access to a lot of these types of things or it'll be like not not allowed in your country whatever so I the way that I I finally figured out how to watch it was I had to purchase it through, uh, Apple TV. And then I didn't oh, realize it, it was labeled in English, but it was when I purchased it, it was in French. And so I had to watch it in French and I it was like so funny because first of all, the name in French is hilarious. It's Tila, tequila, Celeb et B. <laughs> like Tila, tequila, celebrity and by. like. <laughs> and then okay and then like this is like no offense to anyone listening in france but like i'm in quebec and like people from france like make fun of like our french for being super sounding like super whack and like just very kind of like the hillbilly i guess of the french world yeah but but to me that's what sounds normal and french 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 from france sounds super fancy like fancy queen's english type of thing so to have this show that's so trash, dubbed over with like, uh, eh, we, oui, uh, n'importe quoi. I was just like, I was laughing so hard. It added such a weird layer to the whole thing of like hilariousness. So that's how I watched it.
1: <laughs> Sorry, that's so funny.
0: <laughs> Tila tequila, celeb ebi. <laughs>
1: i'm gonna call myself a celebrity <laughs> and bye <laughs> absolutely
0: <laughs> Celeb. uh yeah so i i'm uh I, we both had a real journey just to get here just to get to episode one uh but oh so all right so let's get into this like i want to say yeah a queer bachelor meets rock of love show <laughs> Oh
1: my god. okay so like the main like gimmick of the first episode is that we get like a whole intro about tila and she's just like you might recognize me from the internet i'm like a hot bitch which honestly she was and she was the queen of myspace as they remind us she had over two million friends her whole thing back in the day was that she would actually friend you back on myspace so that's why she had like two million of them which and... is so, that that
0: in and of itself, that that was her claim to fame is so interesting. Because yeah, it was a lot of MySpace friends at the time. But like now to have 2 million followers is really not a big deal. Like no yeah. one would get a show just for having 2 million followers on anything. And so the fact that she's like, you may know me for my 2 million MySpace followers. And it's like, okay. And then I actually had to do some Googling just to be like, what were people saying about this in the time? And there was actually a Time Magazine profile about her from 2006 that said, pre-Tila, your MySpace, MySpace friends were mostly people you actually knew. Post-Tila, the biggest game on the site became who has the most friends, period, whoever they may be, calling her the queen of the site. So it it's a very interesting turning point in social media because it's true. It reminded me that at the time, it was social media was a thing for your friends and family to keep up to date on mm-hmm. what you were up to. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I feel like if anything, it's like she's the uh, like kind of the first one to have to be an influencer with a parasocial element because she was so like engaged with her, you know. Yeah, space. It, was sort
0: of, it was sort of her and Jeffrey Star were mm-hmm. the real mm-hmm. stars uh, and and innovators of that mm-hmm. that Type way of. of engaging with social media. Yeah, and she's kind of like this sort of stereotypical american dream in some ways too because yeah um i did some digging she was born in singapore um raised in houston but she was discovered in a mall at age 19 um by a scout for playboy so she posed in playboy and maxim and that's how she got her start and then and then social media marketing queen the history yeah exactly
1: truly yeah, so like she was gonna do music and then she decided to release her own music on MySpace and do it differently. It was just very, it's very innovative for her time. And while she has gone off the deep end, in a lot of ways, like there was a lot to the beginning of Tila that was very, very impressive to me. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, seriously. Um. Yeah, so the show starts off in the whole way that it's positioned from the start from the way that she describes it throughout the show is she's trying to decide if she wants to date a boy or a girl it's like it's not like we're having a bunch of men and women on the show it's like am I gonna choose from the blue side or the pink side and that is also how the mansion is set up like half of it's blue half of it's pink (laughs) it's very. (laughs) so we're off to a strong start
1: (laughs) but she's like I'm gonna have 16 men come and see her and define the they're trying to find you know the love of their life and I'm gonna have 16 lesbians also come and the way she's just like constantly being like these are straight men and these are fucking lesbians I
0: know and and that she's like and the way that she describes them because every time she's trying to decide she never talks about really the individual person she's just like Mm -mm. men are strong I like that men are strong and they have muscles I like that girls are soft They are soft and girly, but they talk too much about their feelings. (laughs) You're like, okay. (laughs) Well, what's it going to be, Tila? Um, So the contestants don't know this yet. They don't know that this is the premise of the show. They just think they're on a dating show. So for the first half, the first uh, half of episode one, it's all about the men. So the men enter and they are just making sounds they're like grunting and yelling and like I there's no words that I could make out it was like very crow Magnum man energy um like she she says like hey boys like she comes out very bachelor style like at the at the balcony of this mansion who do you think is the one for me and there there's like more grunting and like they they rush up and like one like presses up against her i was like a little scared for her i was like security like maybe circle in a little bit here i don't i don't know (laughs) and then we hear a guy who we later learn is ashley with a southern accent going i've never been with an asian chick before because i love but i love
1: chinese food (laughs) it's And then there's this one guy named Dominique. He's from Italy, and he is just a fucking goofball of a man. But he is like, he's gay. I mean, like, he listen, he's gay. Like, a or lot maybe of men maybe are-
0: he's maybe he's bi. I don't. We don't know
1: exactly. A lot of these men are bi. I feel like because it's just like they, there's no way, right? But at one point he asked one of the other guys, like, oh, for a million dollars, would you uh make or make out or fuck a guy? and all the men have like severe problems with this they're just like oh oh my god fuck men this is so gross this guy is like clearly not well and then there's like a itm with dominic and he's just like i mean i don't know he's and he's speaking in a very thick italian accent he's just like i just feel like these men are being weird like I'm only talking about for money, and he's like, I feel like these men are hating other men, and that's homophobia. He literally just, he gives the definition for homophobia: men who hate other men. And <laughs> 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 I guess also, I'm homophobic. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. There's there's some strong misandry throughout this podcast. So yeah, I guess me too by that definition. <laughs> But but also like when he when he puts that question, everyone one guy says that that being with a guy is going where no man has gone before. (laughs) I'm like, he doesn't even know gay people exist. He says that is where no man has gone before. (laughs) And I'm like, "Mm, well, wait till he wait till tomorrow. But before (laughs) before this, also, I love how Domenico is sincerely concerned with. He's sincerely concerned with how they're going to have sex in the house. He's like logistically trying to figure it out. He's like, well, we're all here. And like, how is that going to work? Like when and like, where are we going to have sex? Like he's like, so <laughs> earnest about it. I'm like, okay, easy there, tiger. <laughs> They'll, you'll figure it out. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> oh my God. And then um, there's a uh, much like the bachelor. There is a token virgin on both sides which i thought was great i'm really glad they kept that um stereotype
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and much like the bachelor um they give her gifts and the gifts are very 2007 gifts one of them gives her a dream catcher and one of them gives her a cd of his own music
1: (laughs) oh my god obsessed uh and tila the entire time is just very like she just, like, she likes some of them, but she's, like, really coming on strong of, like, all these men are, like, just fucking idiots, and I need to be, like, wooed properly.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and the men are, like, they don't have any game, too. Like, one of them, one of them gave me full Ted Bundy energy. He he looked her in her eyes, and he said, the only two things that make me sweat are sex and drums. And he just stared at her, and I was, like, that, I had, I had chills. <laughs> I was so scared of him. Um, she spoiler alert she later eliminated him and oh my god I had to write this down oh yeah he says quietly I'm not one to get rejected and I was like uh keep an eye on this guy like I I didn't I'm like I don't have time or interest to like look into everyone's criminal records like since the show but I'm like "Mm, he's (laughs) one to watch (laughs) (laughs) one guy one guy with i was traumatized by this but one guy comes in with a huge newsboy cap on um and he says that he's from boston so he'll gift her a tea bag and gets out eight and she says that's cheesy so that's one way to put it yeah
1: absolutely and then and then the
0: men start fighting like physically
1: immediately physically truly getting each other's faces it's like um it's the southern boy against this other man who is really homophobic uh and he just has like he was the one that mainly had the the problem with the other guy talking about being with men and I found interesting, if I was actually going to be critical about this show, I like that that, so the homophobic man goes to Tila and he's like, there's this guy talking about gay shit and that's fucked up. And it's like, all the while, I'm like, Tila's sitting here being a queer woman. Like, imagine hearing this guy being like, fuck this, right? Anyway, but anyway, they fight. It's so cool. It's, well, very.
0: They were trying to fight and there's other men trying to separate them. And what got me, what made me laugh so hard was that there were- other men in the background very sincerely suggesting like for that they just arm wrestle they're like just arm wrestle just arm wrestle and I'm like I love how it's not like just stop fighting like just stop being like roided out like and raging on each other just no just Mm -hmm. arm wrestle because you need to get it out physically but just do it in a more civil way I'm like okay (laughs) like and then and then one guy goes to give her a massage and pulls the strap of her dress down she has this v v-neck like deep v dress so her like boob pops out and she's like oh my god like too forward you're crazy and she's like annoyed but it wasn't like oh you know like in a show Mm. now where production would stop it would be a big dramatic Mm. thing it was more just like oh my god people are so (laughs) wacky
1: (laughs) Uh, so she eliminates five of the dudes doesn't matter who they are yeah, none of, ran, of this matters random, randoms. Um, <clears throat> none of this matters and then the men go home or they go wherever they go whatever. for the night and then yeah, they keep them in a, a pen <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> like where exactly, the,
0: exactly. <laughs> they, they go get to
1: the lake.
0: yeah the men go to their holding tanks <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah then just <laughs> like a drug tank. <laughs> that's what i'm picturing like that's where they honestly belong and then yeah and then the women enter the women oh god so what this made me so Mm -hmm. sad a little bit but one of them goes this is the first show about lesbians i'm so proud to be part of something so groundbreaking Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh Mm -hmm. Oh, darling that's not
1: they must have really just told her like truly this is just gonna be a lesbian dating show yeah and yeah and so they start to um
0: they they start to hang out they start to chat and it's interesting because you mentioned how there's like a token virgin on both sides but the virgin on the women's side like the guy side she was kind of like oh that's cute whatever on the woman's side she was like oh my god like this is a dream come true yeah she's like she's like no one's taking your virginity except for me and like puts her arms around her and i'm like wow tila okay
1: it was so uncomfortable. I was like It was so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, I mean there's a lot to be said. I think maybe at the end we'll kinda like talk about the overall reasons and why the show was really problematic, like what it says for the queer community. But yeah, it was like the over sexualization of the women was just so hard to watch. um well, speaking of from-
0: oversexualization, <laughs> then we go into a sexy fashion show, which just the women had to do, of course. But yeah, but, and the the comments, like even just the way that she was describing them, it was brought me back. I haven't heard some of these terms since I think two thousand seven. Like one girl, she goes, "She's hot, but she's a butterface." I was like, oh, "I I forgot about that. <sighs> I forgot about that term." And one thing that I've noticed about when I watch shows from that time is some of the, the contestants just seem really pilled out to me, which I just, it wouldn't have, like, I wouldn't have even known what that looked like. Like, maybe they're just really, really wasted, but they're, like, slurring their words and they're really slow in a certain way. Like, this one comes out in a little caution tape and she's like, want to dust the cobwebs off my tool belt? And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I think... <laughs> she looks like she is abusing prescription pills
1: (laughs) absolutely and i have to mention there's also like there's two masks so there's just like two mask identifying kind of butches and uh the rest of them are like like femme and like in little angel costumes yeah well well and when they when
0: they're about to come out tila says and then there were some weird ones and one of them one of them who's like yeah yeah the more like mask presenting one comes out in just like a silk robe and a fedora and another girl goes in a talking head butch girls are so creepy (laughs) I'm like let's not forget the men had fedoras they had newsboy caps like we had to be subjected to all of that so like this robe situation is like a (laughs) non-issue like everyone's triggered
1: (laughs) Oh, oh my god but I want to speak to the queer audience listening right now and maybe even the straight girlies who have been confused at some point in their life. Let's talk about Danny for a second. Okay. So Danny is the other butch and oh, Danny's uh, the one, sorry.
0: Danny's the one who had the silk robe and the fedora. N-
1: no, no. Danny's the, um the fire. fire oh fighter. no, no.
0: Sorry. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's my bad.
1: No, you're fine. Because Danny, I realized when this came on, when I just rewatched it the other day, I like dropped my drink because I was like, oh, yeah, Danny was it. Yeah, Danny was the one that really cemented how gay I was in 2007. And I see that everywhere. in All the comment sections on all the things. Everyone, Danny is it. Danny did it for every single fucking person in 2007. And I want you to know that you're seen and I love you. And I hope you found <laughs> you, you know your version of Danny. Danny is like so fucking hot, like it's so fucked. Well, and well, there was just like there was no
0: one like Danny on no one like Danny ever. And and Danny just has like a Justin Bieber haircut, like that early Justin Absolutely. Bieber, and it's just uh-huh. like you know, like kind of quiet and just seems like nice and pretty normal, which actually really makes you stand out in a show like this, right?
1: absolutely yeah so- and like i mean if somebody's like from portland like there's like six danny's right now on the corner like they're all like that like i literally can't like pass a danny on on tinder uh, but and i will say danny's are problematic because like they're just like fuck boys and like they're gonna break your heart but you know back then it was, like, that was it. You're, like, I well, need to, th- to this,
0: Danny. <laughs> this Danny doesn't seem like someone who would break your heart. I don't actually know, but, like, that's the whole, I think, like, the whole mystique.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, like,
0: Danny just seems, like, sincere. Just, like, nice. Just nice and normal.
1: And I, and I think why Danny... So, Tila at one point uh, calls out Danny. Because, like, she makes fun of the, the robe-wearing Butch. And is, like, that's not my type. And then she specifically is, like, oh also like so she literally goes like lipstick lesbians are my thing but danny there's like something about her and danny stays for like basically the rest of the show and it's like what it is is that it's confidence and like and danny's gonna top you and danny's gonna take care of you (laughs) i I just loved watching this like unfold in my face (laughs) you're like brought right back to like the panic of like
0: 2007 like watching this (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, oh my god i think i might like if anyone watched in just like that did you watch in just like that the the um sex in the city reboot i couldn't get through all
0: of it maybe Fair. i should maybe i should have
1: but I guess spoilers, but like Oh you know, oh no, yeah Che, che. <laughs> Yeah Che. Like he yeah, yeah, was watched... like a Che basically. And like for Miranda to have like literally performed heterosexuality her entire life and then all of a sudden fall to the like <laughs> you know, the charms of a Che, a Danny. I mean, like it's it's a stereotype for a reason.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And it's funny that it's funny you say like, oh Danny's like the Danny type is like a fuckboy boy because the you know we're gonna we're gonna get into the finale we're gonna jump ahead in a minute but the two final contestants are danny and bobby the guy bobby and they're they look very similar like they're mm-hmm. very similar vibes and like the Bobbies of the world are also fuckboys boys like the basically bobby is like male danny but with gel in his yeah. hair like they yeah. have the same length of hair like similar kind of like kind of quiet kind of confident you know seem relatively
1: normal <laughs> it yeah relative is the key word in that one yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah i mean i'll just
0: uh you know before we get to the the zoom ahead to the final episode i like i want to get into just a couple of moments like throughout the season in between so First, you know, episode two, it starts off with Tila bringing in the guys and the girls. And she says, I have a confession. And then she tells them like what the deal is. And there's an immediate like outcry from the crowd. And it's like very upset or very happy. Um, One guy puts his hands in front of his crotch and does the humping motion. He's like, yeah, like that was (laughs) I was (laughs) once again, I was traumatized by this show. Um mm. yeah, there was just it was very very similar to, okay, I feel like a broken record here because it's just so similar to the Bachelor in that like they kept having these like premises where she'd be like, I have to travel for work, so you guys are gonna have to eat a bunch of like you know but uh oh, like what is it bunch of like bunch of animal dicks and like eyeballs and so-. like she's just she's like you have to like get to be worldly be or comfortable whatever eating different kinds of food because sometimes I don't get the food I like when I'm traveling and so yeah so they have to and they have to eat like so much of it like it's a bit fear factor style or she's like I want someone who's down to earth and they have to like mud wrestle in a tub of chocolate Like it's just <laughs> it's all under this like very thin premise of I'm trying to find the one and so these are important tests for them but it's just to torture
1: them it's so gendered too, like every single thing is highly gendered and like uh, they have like a, they make the men walk in heels and then the same day they make the women do push-ups. It's just like all of it's Oh so- yeah. <laughs>
0: oh yeah that was episode two yeah so yeah funny. she was like i need you guys to be in touch with your masculine and feminine side and then yeah <laughs> then makes the men do a fashion walk in like in high heels and any guy who who can walk like the other guys are like oh he's a little too comfortable in those heels grumbling yeah the women have to do push-ups
1: <laughs> oh my god it's so funny um yeah go ahead with the little kind of fun moments throughout the season because I mean yeah
0: Ugh. I don't know how fun it, it wasn't that fun like that there, there was some like, it was, <laughs> it's a silly goofy time. <laughs> no but like you know like there was because when we were talking about which episodes we were gonna watch like you were like oh episode six and seven seems like it's gonna be you know just based on the title it seems like it's gonna be kind of kind of uh rowdy and I watch and like there was a fight that actually scared me. I mean, yeah. I'm a, I'm a I'm a sensitive Sally, but like there's there's a fight that breaks out. there were actually a couple times throughout the season. But one of them actually seemed genuine and freaked me out. So it's when two of the women are up for elimination because every episode she eliminates both a man and a woman. <laughs> and so w- there's these bitter enemies, they've had a physical fight before, they had to be separated. And Tila, the next episode, is trying to choose between both of them and chooses one. And it was like this a quarter of a second after she chooses one, the other like pounces on her and starts like beating her basically. And I was like, oh, my God, like it was a jump scare. I, I was like, oh, I guess there wasn't a fight in this episode. And then it just happened all of a sudden. They're, everyone's hysterically crying. And the other one, the one who attacked was... Running out, screaming, and then collapses on the floor. And she's like, "I'm not leaving. I'm the only one for you. No one else loves you." And it's like super dramatic. The other one who got attacked is crying and is like, "I have to go. Like, I'm sorry. I just can't stay." I was like, "This is. I don't know. This gets like obviously we love the drama on reality TV, but like at a certain point, it just gets too dark, and you're like you." Mm, that's what my friends call cluster b tv which takes me out like just <laughs> untreated personality disorders mm-hmm. just like raging and you're like okay it's too We need to turn the volume down a little bit
1: a little too much yeah no i feel like this was one of the few like really reality shows. like you know like it was so highly viewed too like that was one of the like mtv's like highest rated like show that ever came out is because it was so untethered and unfiltered and people were just like whoa you know but they were never able to catch that magic again and for good reason because also like mind you every episode somebody drops the r word and i was just like am i like what is every episode
0: including Danny including our hero like everyone every single person anything anything they mildly don't like is like our slurred and I'm like oh wow okay that was the 2007 thing and that was totally (laughs) fine yeah no it's 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 heavy like there's a lot of things like some things are just funny cringy and then other things you're like wow that wasn't that long ago and none of us were okay um that we were watching this just being like yes this is good (laughs)
1: So, one of the other, like, silly, goofy things is that they all have to sleep in one bed. Yes.
0: One gigantic bed. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of things about the house. So, they all have to sleep in one gigantic bed together. um, Men and women. Um, In the dining room, there's a chandelier made of dildos. uh, That's right, like, very low down, close to the table. So, it's, like, right in your face. Um, So, there's... (laughs) There's like details like that that are just like, okay. Which, which, speaking of like, it's not just sexualizing the women, it's like sexualizing bisexual people being like, I need dildos around me, 360 in the dining room, like, which actually comes into play, which comes into play in the finale when they Mm -hmm. bring their families to the house. But when I, before, before that i want to back up because we get to the finale we have bobby and danny and she takes them into the studio and they have to rap for her which is hilarious Oh, that's that's cringy just funny i can just enjoy that so cringe. they just do a cringy rap and a cringy photo shoot and then we and then we get into this like it's kind of like a um hometown dates on steroids she brings bobby and danny's family as a surprise a surprise guest to the dinner table and they all have to sit down and have dinner together and <sighs> immediately bobby's mom says i had to i had to hold back tears when i saw my son and then they see the big bed that they all just sleep in and bobby's mom again she says like kind of teary she's like Bobby's used to it. He slept in my bed with me until I was six years old. <laughs> I was like, okay, there's okay. That's a lot, <laughs> lot, lot, lot there. A lot of a lot of therapy needed for everyone in this scenario. Like, not that, like, I'm not talking about just like whatever kids sleeping in their parents' yeah. bed. But I'm talking about the way she's like, huh, oh, like sees the like, bed and she's no, like, just like, awesome. like Bobby used to sleep in my bed. I'm like, oh what the fuck? <laughs>
1: And it's so brave that they're also there because in the Hometowns episode beforehand where they actually go to like they go to Attila goes to the other like the Final Four hometown in like previous episode. She, of course when she has at the hometowns of the males that she's with they have to tell the families that she's bisexual. Like they have to tell them that she has like a disease. They literally like sit them down and they're just like so we have something to tell you. Tila, she's bisexual, and they like lose it, and like both sets of male dads or whatever, like they're all like so homophobic. But Bobby's parents handle it better than I think. I was like Ryan's family, who is like r- like crazy conservative and hyper rich. Um, it was just so funny. But the two women, Danny and Amber, uh, they their parents were all like, "Yeah, hell yeah, bitch." <laughs> yeah have you seen our daughter she's gay as fuck you know so it's just like funny to me uh because yeah but like so brave of bobby's parents oh
0: yeah well bobby's parents are brave and also have a couple screws loose based on like seeing them duke it out because also like i'm not just basing on that like they then okay so they then sit down to dinner under the dildo chandelier um, and it's, like, the battle of the moms. The moms are, like, duking it out over, like, whose kid is best. So they're, like, it's kind of starts out, like, cute. They're, like, oh, like, my, you know, my son is this. Like, my daughter's this. And then, like, Bobby's mom just keeps escalating. And she goes, there shouldn't be two women in the kitchen. <laughs> it's, like, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> school it. <in. laughs> it's getting so awkward. And then, to just escalate the awkwardness, they all go upstairs to the stripper pole room and bobby's mom hops right on it and bobby's upset he's like i will never look at my mom the same way like she's like no one asked her she just like jumps right on the stripper pole she's working it then (laughs) tila hops on she's in a strapless dress goes upside down and her top falls down her boobs are hanging out there's like grandma's there watching the whole thing like it is it's messy very messy Tila ends up giving Danny's grandma a lap dance. A lap dance, yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. And then, and then it gets very serious because then, as Tila says many times, she has to make the toughest decision of her life
1: to be straight or a lesbian essentially she's not saying that but that's what she is saying (laughs) no she says so
0: i actually like i because i had to write down because i was like it was such a fever dream um well at first she gathers them both on the podium and says them i realize it's not about if i want to be with a guy or a girl it's about finding the person for me but then she goes into this like diatribe about how she's like danny you can be soft like a woman but firm like a man (laughs) i'm like okay and they're both have to stand there in front of each other i'm like God damn! I thought the Bachelor was awkward when they had to like break up with one and then and get engaged yeah. to the other, but she's just standing there like talking to both of them right in front of them. Yeah, exactly. and she's like, she's like, Bobby, you fought for me, and that's what real men do, and I love that. And then she goes, Bobby, I like to offer you the key to my heart. Are you interested? And then Danny walks away as How to Save a Life by the Fray plays in the background, <laughs> and Tilo goes running after her.
1: it's like truly to be a lesbian is like you're dying
0: (laughs) where did i go wrong (laughs) 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 but she yeah she she comforts danny and basically says no hard feelings and then goes back to bobby and you know is celebrating and then turns to the camera and the last thing we hear on the show she goes in the end I picked a man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in the end she is straight until season two but that's that's for another day that we probably won't be covering on this podcast honestly
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so Should we get into the where are they now of it all or should we kind of just like let's okay so should we um, we debrief hmm. oh yeah let's debrief so okay as a gay i will say as a bisexual um this was so problematic uh so the idea if it has it just if it needs to be said the idea that bisexuality is a stepping stone to lesbianism is a tired you know stereotype Sometimes that is the way that happens, but it's not the way it always happens. Many people are just lesbian, and many people are bisexual, and many people can be bisexual and marry a woman and still identify as bisexual they can still be attracted to more than one gender there's also a lot of education that needs to be done for bisexuality a lot of people think it's just like just men or women but the actual definition of bisexuality means you are attracted to more than one gender so that means trans people non-binary people anyone here and there um you can identify however you wish uh also if it hasn't if it needs to be said as well if you're a bisexual and you are married to a man again does not make you not bisexual this means that you are married to a man and that's the person you've chosen to be with for your life <laughs> or for I'm, the time being
0: <laughs> I'm glad for you to add this perspective because like I still as much as I was saying like oh I recognize that I was in a bubble growing up like I still do forget sometimes about the bigger world and like you're like that uh that caveat just now like I remember a very similar speech that was given in my school in grade seven, like for Social Justice Week, <laughs> and and I was like, oh, like this is not very informative, but like it really, it's not obvious in a lot no. of places. Like it's like it's not like oh, we've really we we've progressed way past this as a society. I we think we haven't.
1: We absolutely. I haven't. think a lot of
0: these beliefs are still held onto, but. Oh but it's just like people think them they just like they're
1: not they know they're not really supposed to say them yeah yeah there's you know there's just a lot of strife in the communities uh, both like straight towards the queer community but even within the queer community because there's a lot of you know strife even within the bisexual and lesbian community um you know the which stems a lot from lesbophobia you know when you Come into like looking at a bisexual like situation, a lot of straight people will still really like either demonize or hypersexualize your relationships with men, women for various reasons. But a lot of it is stemmed in lesbophobia because they're not incorporating the part that you also still like men or you know are maybe attracted to men. But you know, lesbophobia is really the root of a lot of that hatred and lesbians get a lot of they've been really you know prosecuted over the time um and but then you know bisexuals get a lot of hate too and are constantly made to seem like sluts that cannot make up their minds um that are greedy that will like use lesbians it's just like none of it is okay and positive and it's we're not okay and we have not we're not we still have a lot of work to do but shows like this obviously really platformed like the worst of it all you know um having to uh yeah make a choice you know um and I just Oh, there's also, like, the deceiving of it all, because there's definitely like, an, a, a theme throughout this season of, like, Tila lied to the women, or lied to the guys, or whatever, and I think a lot of bisexuals have to face that as well, and so I just wanted to everyone to know that you're not deceiving people, <laughs> and if you ever want to talk about it, my DMs are open.
0: <laughs> yeah, pod on Instagram.
1: Yeah. Yeah, at... <laughs> yeah or jenna with the smile no yeah or jenna with a smile yeah i mean it's just so it's just it's so sad i mean everyone assumes everyone's straight until they come out otherwise and it really is like the root of the problem in some ways because you just have to like really uh make your whole sexuality your personality and then get hated for making your sexuality your whole personality right Like, Tucker Carlson and everyone's, like, why do they have to only just talk about the fact that they're gay? It's, like, well, because you guys, like, forced me into this space where I have to, like, defend myself and tell you every aspect of my life in order to, like, get an ounce of respect. And now you're mad at me that I'm talking about it. Yeah. And, yeah,
0: every every reality show that I rewatch from this time, it's, like, I have this simultaneous thought of, like, holy shit, we've come so far since this time. And at the same time, being, like, oh, my God, we actually in so many ways, have not progressed at all in a lot of things since this time. So both truths exist. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, and we really see that because I was about to say, like, oh, Tequila Tequila walked, so who could run? But, like, not. There hasn't really been... No, any high profile queer dating shows since
1: well and to tie it into the bachelor there was a season in 2020 i believe it was 2021 maybe the australian bachelorette had a uh pansexual woman um an indigenous pansexual woman oh my god brooke i watched that season it was so good and i actually haven't yet because i'm a bad gay but uh it's just hard for me to to define time but you know as you will she ends up picking a man as well which is absolutely fine but the fallout from that in the community was also rough because people she talked about and did interviews about how people just like you you didn't win for us you didn't you know like you were supposed to pick a woman you you know this up for us and all these different things. Like, no, she was trying to find the person she wanted to be with. It doesn't matter whether it was a man or not, you know? Yeah, no, totally. And like, well, I mean, it's funny for in terms of like finding
0: time to watch, like, there's so much Bachelor out there, but I actually prefer the Australian Bachelor to the American mm-hmm. Bachelor. So I haven't really kept up with the US one, but I watched yeah. her when she was a contestant on Nick's season. And then I watched mm-hmm. her season after. Like, I, I'm just like, I keep up with Australian Bachelor. Great. Okay. So now we're going to get into the where are they now. And so very, very briefly, I'm going to just check in with Bobby and Danny. So Danny or Bobby after the show, even though he was the winner, he said he never got her number, never heard from her again. He tried to get her number, couldn't get it. Um, I checked his Instagram and it's private and it says he's the owner of a mining company. I don't know if that's like crypto mining. I looked up the name of the mining company. And I couldn't find anything. So... We don't know what Bobby's up to. <laughs> Danny has lived a very high profile life um, within like the Florida lesbian community, it seems. <laughs> so she's living, she's living as a Fort Lauderdale. She's living in Fort Lauderdale, very close to where she grew up, she's still a firefighter in a pandemic. But one, I, I read this article it was like, she's won many accolades, such as like Florida's most eligible lesbian bachelorette. And like all these, other ones. and I was like, Good for her. Sounds like she, she seems like she's thriving.
1: And supposedly went on Take uh, Courtney and Kim Take Miami. Yes. Yeah. She did In the Les Be Honest uh, episode. And I know she isn't the one that kissed Courtney, right? Because ki- the woman who kissed Courtney was like a femme type, right? I can't remember the episode well. But I heard in the grapevine that Danny has stayed close to Scott Disick. So, you know, she's doing great.
0: Yeah, she's Danny's killing it. I'm um, doing great. Bobby, we don't know TBD um, on him <laughs> and his mining company. <laughs> That's either crypto or real mining. Uh, but as for the person of the hour, Teal Tequila. Oh, boy. So much, much to say, much, much to cover after the show this was kind of like throughout the years after she basically said that she was never really bisexual like and that she basically renounced like any sort of like homosexuality like queer identity she was just like nope um that's Mm -hmm. evil pretty much um that is amongst some of the like like that is that is just one tiny piece of all the crazy shit that she said but Mm -hmm. but before that she did kind of like your typical, like, you know, putting out music, a clothing line, like a random dating website. Um, she put out a couple sex tapes. Um then in 2009, she got she dated and got engaged to the Johnson and Johnson heiress, Casey Johnson. Um and shortly after Casey actually passed away, um in early 2010 of they said complications resulting from diabetes who knows? I mean, yeah, really, who knows? Because I, with, with Tila, like, I'm going to get into like a lot of what she said. And I really don't want to write it off as mental illness. Cause I think that really does a disservice to like people with mental illness. And like, I'll like, she said so many like horrific and bigoted things since the show. And I've kind of talked about this in in other situations like with Kanye West and everything um, and I've had this confirmed by I've had a couple of like people that work in the mental health field nurses and that type of thing DM me and kind of confirm this where they're like you can be um, very out of it and you can be um, aggressive and angry and say things that are completely based in delusion but if it's bigotry and like anti-semitism and racism etc that's just who you are and it's just coming out Mm -hmm. like there's that's not something that can just be like fabricated out of nowhere so yeah yeah, so who knows like Mm -hmm. what substances what mental health whatever we don't know doesn't really matter honestly um but yeah so casey passed away sadly and then this is like a (sighs) interesting moment in time in 2010 she joined this festival that the insane clown posse held called gathering of the juggalos and she was pelted with rocks and bottles vowed to take legal action against them
1: yeah that was i saw some clips of that that performance like it was really bad i guess she was like You were really trying to hurt her even like after she got off stage and it was I never quite understood the context as to why people were so violent towards her specifically was it a racism thing or is it like racism towards her as Um, like I I don't know? know
0: I mean I don't know like I um okay so I don't know like about the juggalo like subculture but I Um, I watched HBO's Woodstock 99 about, like, the atrocities that Mm -hmm. went on during Woodstock 99, which I highly recommend. I don't recommend the Netflix version, um, which really glossed over it um, about, like, why all that shit went down at it. Um, But basically, I think it was just, like, a time where it was, like, shock rock and, like, Mm -hmm. white boys rapping, and it was, like, we're gonna, like, get together to, like, be violent and mosh and mm-hmm. let it all out and like whatever I guess that still happens it shows but it was just really really like I think it was like I don't know it, my sense from it was that it was like a piranha pit and then it was just like here's this little bitty gal who's like put in the middle of it and everyone was yeah. just already like foaming at the mouth in their little right juggalo festival thing Ugh, gross very gross Ugh. but that was what happened to Tila Tequila but she did many things that was yeah that was an unfortunate thing that happened to her but then she okay so she came out as a flat earther that was one (laughs) that was like yeah kind of number one a
1: little it started a little like oh
0: yeah she's like testing the waters then she went on facebook in 2013 and went fully anti-semitic so she made a whole bunch of anti-semitic comments and she posted an article that she wrote herself to her website titled why i sympathize with hitler part one and posted photos of herself in what can only be described as a sexy nazi uniform photoshopped in front of a concentration camp um yeah oh and she threw in also that paul walker's death was a ritualistic murder so that happened and also that
1: full pro-trump
0: well yeah obvious but this is like but that's so i'm still in 2013 oh yeah oh yeah so oh no so so in that year 2013 still she also was dating this musician some his guy his name's thomas paxton whitaker They had their first child together. So while she's going on these, like, (laughs) rants um, about how much she loves Hitler, she also has her first child. The two years later, she goes on Celebrity Big Brother and then is asked to leave on the second day because, quote, producers became aware of her comments and photos. Uh,
1: Uh... As if they didn't know about, like, the reason they would even cast her is because she's a controversial, like star you would know about these comments and the photos i saw those photos they were no it wasn't like oh is that person being slightly racist and slightly anti-semitic no it was like full-on photos of her photoshopped
0: no it's like ss an uniform Nazi. and then it says the auschwitz like concentration camp no it's like full on it's un- well and also i mean there's no you know you don't need to just look at the photo you can also look to her essay that she wrote called <laughs> why I sympathize with hitler part one i don't know if we ever got part two but Damn. i think that's part one was enough uh so yeah like big celebrity big brother like what what were they thinking because uh, like Ugh. All they would have had to do is do one Google search to come across this. Maybe they saw it and they thought that it wouldn't come out or wouldn't be as big of a deal. Um, but they kicked her off on day two because of they suddenly discovered that you can search people on the internet. Um, and- she was also
1: going to go on Celebrity Rehab and they kicked her off too because that one I think was maybe before it all she'd started being like racist. But it was like they, but they kicked her off because what I saw in a video is that they were worried that she was actually like too much of a liability due to her like yeah. mental illness and addiction issues. And
0: her raging bigotry, like yeah, um, yeah,
1: like I mean, there's very
0: few celebrities out there that are like openly sympathizing with Hitler, and they tend to get, uh. They tend to lose their jobs pretty quickly. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, yeah. And she's continued uh, to double and triple down on her um, love of Nazism Uh, to this day. There's like a whole bunch of quotes that she's said many times in many different outlets about her views on it. Just confirming it. Um, And that's like where we left off. Oh, and oh, Oh. God, Mm -hmm. in the middle of all this in 2018 had child number two so she
1: Mm. (laughs) yeah um she had a big custody battle she won custody of the children um i will also say to speak to your earlier mention of how she came out as straight so i want to like the videos i watched a little bit of like where is she now on youtube i can suggest a couple of them to the listeners uh they're did it, she did that in like one of her many YouTube videos before our YouTube banned her. And she uh, at all of this time that she became a flat earther and was coming out as like a Nazi supporter and all that. She also became very religious. Like she went really deeply into like evangelical type, like just very became very religious. And so I watched part of her like coming out a straight video and we'll never know, right, what is going on with her. But, I mean, it's just as a queer person, like, watching it, it just looks like she was only kind of coming out of straight because she's, like, she has, like, found herself in Christ. and She's, like, like really alt-right crying. evangelical yeah, kind yeah. of vibes. So it was, like, she was denouncing gayness as a whole. She was, like, talking, saying all the contestants who were on her show were, like, demons that that was an old demon version of her. She has been reborn fully physically, spiritually. That is not the same Tila as before us. And so like when I think there's a little bit of a clickbaity element to the whole like, and she was never bisexual. It's like, no, I think she's, I I don't know the description (laughs) to say because I don't want to again place it all on mental illness or anything, but it's not that it's, she's, she is not like it's not it's more that she it's not like, it like oh my god
0: the truth came out that she was actually straight. It's like really that's just like one of the many many batshit crazy things that she things said that like she said. since since the show ended.
1: Yeah and I, I kind of like I kind of don't believe it and I maybe that's controversial of me but like I kind of don't subscribe to the she wasn't queer at all no like, I don't I, I she don't believe it was I don't
0: believe and... it either it feels it feels very similar to um like Lindsay Lohan like when she dated um like Samantha oh, Ronson yeah. back in the day it was like around mm-hmm. a similar time and she kind of like it was very like subver- subversive at the time she just like mm-hmm. didn't really make a big deal out of it and was like yeah this is my yeah. girlfriend like whatever mm-hmm. and then kind of like after sort of like renounced that time like wouldn't really talk about mm-hmm. it like just didn't address it like it was just very like nope this is like yeah that 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 is just like a part of my
1: past and i don't want to like think about it and it's like okay and listen like i do think that you know it, it it's problematic because it speaks to that stereotype and why i think it is a clickbait and why people are mad about it which is rightly so is that she in theory perpetuated the i mean she perpetuated a lot of things but perpetuated the uh, concept that the bisexuals are just like fake for attention and just like using women using lesbians for pleasure or whatever and like so that sucks but I kind of like also don't believe I kind of think she was and I think I mean I just think she's now a very lost individual I don't buy it I don't buy it either (laughs) yeah
0: I don't buy it no I don't buy it either but it like it really it really takes a lot of effort It it takes a lot of effort to make like calling the people on your show demons to be like not even the worst thing you've ever said i mean obviously like you know you're not we don't need to like rank the, the things but it's like no she, al- no she also said that she's like would love to see the day where there's like an asian hitler you know that's what that is a real quote <laughs> from her so like there <laughs> she really yeah she is yeah quite the
1: uh and you know what i as you just said arc. that, I, you know what she could be straight i don't want her <laughs>
0: like we don't claim her
1: actually I don't claim her so we'll end on that I don't think
0: anyone claims her except for like the alt-right flat earth community and they can have her Mm -hmm. Um, oh my god well that's a horrifying note to end it on Um, Jenna (laughs) oh god Uh, I know I need to take a breather after this like this is just
1: a lot
0: lot there um tell everybody where they can find you mm-hmm. I want to think I'm like how do we like where do we go from here god I'm like no, no, well it's... and speaking of let's uh, let's link what? your social media like it's like...
1: <laughs> that's all folks <laughs> 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 Ooh, uh, well if you want some light-hearted fun queer bullshit that is not <laughs> anti Semitic. <laughs> Please come <laughs> follow me on Day card Pod on all of the platforms. I am making TikToks about The Bachelor and Gaylor and Twilight. Uh, and I am covering the season of The Bachelor. Stay tuned for when Emily Rose will be on an episode to talk about it. Uh, and we, I will also soon be covering a new queer only dating show as uh this variant theme for this episode. There's a new reality dating show premiering next week. It's a um, pay-per-view type show. You should, you'll find out all about it if you follow me on Date Card Pod. but it's called Coming Out for Love and you can go to comingoutforlove.com and it's a lesbian, a full on actual lesbian dating show, much like the lesbians of A Shout Out Love thought it was going to be originally and uh very excited about it and then yeah you can just check out all the fun stuff i do on those platforms amazing well thank you so much jenna and i'll uh yeah. see
0: you around thanks for joining us today i uh, i'm so sorry everybody <laughs> yeah we're sorry <laughs> bye This podcast is produced by me, Emily Rose, hosted by the Sonar Network, and edited by Solomon Krauss-Emla. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave me a five-star review. See you next week. Au revoir, mes amours.